Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Love is a verb. It's shown by actions and attitudes and words. You see, Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not just a feeling. It's not just empty words. Love is a verb. Obey. So if I love my wife, I'm going to show it. If I love my husband, I'm going to show it with actions, attitudes, and words. Love, 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 love. The Beatles said that's all you need. You hear this word used all the time, everywhere, in reference to all kinds of things. I love my puppy. I love hot dogs. I love my family. You think you know what's meant by love in these different situations and that they're not the same. Pastor Mark will be teaching about how the Bible defines the word love. And you might be surprised by what it's saying. Pastor Mark's been talking about the marriage relationship and what the Bible has to say about it. Today, you'll learn what biblical love and marriage is and how you live those things out. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Matthew chapter 19 as he continues his series, Enjoying Marriage on the River of Life. And you can turn in your Bibles, if you will, to the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians will be there in chapter 5. The book of Ephesians, chapter 5. See if you can finish this statement. Love and marriage go together like a, a horse and carriage. Those of you 20 and under go, what? What was that? Well, that's a very old saying, but the Bible teaches that indeed love and marriage go together. But the question is, what is love? Is love what Tina Turner says? What's love got to do with it? What's love but a secondhand emotion? Who needs a heart when a heart can be broken? we learn that God commanded the husband and the wife to love each other. Now, in this series, this raft is a picture of marriage. And this is Andy and Anne, and they've been married by God. And God is the head of their marriage. It's a threesome. And we learned a lot of things. It's monogamous. There's only one man and one woman. It's heterosexual. There's not two women and two men. All designed by God. It's permanent. It's forever. And there's intimacy involved, which we'll talk about today. So as we begin this, marriage is a threesome. 
always designed by God. And of course, then the commands started to come. And one of those commands was to say to have children so that the home would eventually become the foundation, as God designed, by the world. Now, the husband and wife are commanded to love one another, of course, as well as God. We gave you those commands, which include more than love, but right here in Ephesians 5.33, Paul writes and he says this, however, each one of you must also love his wife as he loves himself. So we gave you these really four things for husbands. Don't have time to get into it today. Remember, husband, do submit, do love. And do lead your wife as a servant leader. And then I'll read to you from Titus. It says this, wives, train the younger women to love their husbands. And we gave wives the very same kind of commands that God gives us. He not only designed marriage, he gave us the directions for it. The directions are very clear. Wife, do submit, do love, and do respect your husband. But what does it mean to love our spouse? Andy is to love Ann, and Ann is to love Ann. What does that mean? Now, in English, it's a problem. Because we only have one word in the English language for love. It doesn't matter whether you're Melbourne, Orlando, Vieira, wherever, Sebastian, here. We have one. And it goes like this. I love tacos. I love a hot fudge sundae. I love football. Oh, and by the way, I love my wife. Well, some of you are here because you love football more than your wife. And your wife drug you here to see if you could get that corrected. Got it, didn't I? But see, love is, in the original language, in the Greek, very different. Because they had many, many words for love that were different meaning. The first word for love in the Bible, the one that's predominant, it's called agape. It's God's love. It's selfless love. It's always putting the other person first. And so we're going to call that commitment. So in a marriage, you're going to need all three of those. So if you're married today, just kind of be thinking about this. And by the way, if you're not married and you're getting ready and you're dating, you better be looking for all three of these as well. So if you're married, you ought to be seeing what's happening. And we need a balance of all three. If you're not married yet, but you're getting ready to get married, you want to make sure that the person you're dating has all three kinds of love. Now, here's something. If you're here today and you're living with somebody, but you're not married, you don't even have the first one. Because see, there's no commitment. And so God calls that a sin. So you have to stop it. If you're here and you're in adultery today, you're not doing this because there's no commitment to the spouse that you married. So you can correct that. So the first one is commitment, agape. Everywhere we read pretty much in the Bible, that love is God's love. Second, friendship, phileo. That's kind of the city of Philadelphia, the city of brotherly love. So in our marriages, there's not just this spiritual commitment to God and to each other, but there's a friendship. We're like friends. We're like good friends. You remember when you're dating, you're really good friends. 
So that should be there. And then the third one that we'll talk about, love, all of these are words for love in the Bible, is eros. It's passion. It's that physical. So we have the physical, we have the emotional, and we have the spiritual. All three of those types of love are given to us in the Bible. And as you look at that, they must be there. They must be in balance. Doesn't matter how young or how old, how many years you've been married. All of those have to be in balance. If one is missing, there's some red flags. There's some issues. So today we'll cover all three of these because God says love. Well, what does he mean by love? He means all three of these kinds of love. So let me give you the first one today, the spiritual intimacy, the commitment. And write this down. Love is a verb. It's shown by actions and attitudes and words. You see, Jesus said this, if you love me, keep my commandments. It's not just a feeling. It's not just empty words. Love is a verb. Obey. So if I love my wife, I'm going to show it. If I love my husband, I'm going to show it with actions, attitudes, and words. It's not just, I love you. No, it's a verb. So Jesus says our lives with husbands and wives should be loving actions, loving attitudes, and loving words. Now turn to 1 Corinthians 13. We won't spend long. And chapter 13 gives us the, the really the definition, the expression of love. You say, well... Can you put some feeling into it? Can you put some, how do you love? What's it really look like? I know it's a verb, but what's that look like? Well, here it is. Go down to verse four. Love, by the way, here, love is agape. That's the word for it. So it's God's love. Love is patient. Love is kind. Does not envy, does not boast, is not proud, is not rude. Love isn't self-seeking. It is not easily angered. Love isn't. Let me read that one again. It's not easily angered. It keeps no records of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with truth. It always protects. Love always trusts. Love always hopes. Love always perseveres. Here's the big one. Love never fails. I'm just going to pick one of those today. Love is kind. Lots of kind words and actions coming from my life. If I'm married today, love is kind. I'm going to be kind to my spouse in lots of ways, but for sure with words. What kind of words would that sound like? What kind of words would would Andy say to Ann and would Ann say to Andy? Here's what they'd say. I need you. How do you see it? Let's work it out. I'll help you. And here's a big one. Together, we'll make it. Doesn't matter what's facing us. Together, we'll make it. You see, when you turn to your spouse and say, I need you, or I want to hear your opinion on it, or man, we're going to work this out together. Those are kind words. We're building up our spouse because the world tears us down. Now, as you think about that, a well-known marriage counselor, Dr. Wayne Oates, somebody said to him, What's the number one advice you give couples in marriage counseling? Without any hesitation, he said this, be kind one to another. That simple part of love, be kind. Well, it's not only in 1 Corinthians 13. Let me read it to you from Ephesians 4.32. Be kind to each other. Ed was in trouble. He forgot his wedding anniversary. 
His wife was really angry. She told him, tomorrow morning, I expect to find a gift in the driveway that goes from zero to 200 in less than six seconds. It better be there. The next morning, Ed got up early and left for work. When his wife woke up, she looked out the window, and sure enough, there was a small box gift ramp right in the middle of the driveway. She was so excited. She put her robe on, ran out to the driveway, bought the box back into the house, and she opened it with amazing excitement, only to find inside that box a brand-new bathroom scale. (laughs) Zero to 200, six seconds. Funeral services for Ed have been scheduled for Friday. (laughs) Been there, done that, haven't we? No, love is kind. It's thoughtful. We're going to practice love today. If you're married or you're engaged, I'll allow that too. I want you to turn, if your spouse is here, I want you to turn and look him right in the eye right now. Go ahead, just look him in the eye right now. And I want you to say to them, I love you with as kind words as you can. Go ahead. Go ahead, practice it. By the way, you can kiss her, right, if you're here. Go ahead. It's okay in church. Hallelujah. The fan is coming on. I wanted to jumpstart you guys. Somebody emailed me this week. They said, Pastor Mark, I went to Home Depot, and they're all out of fans. I emailed them back. Go to Lowe's. Now, Next thing I want you to write is this. Love is a decision. It's not only a verb. It's a decision. It's a commitment. You see, love is not primarily a feeling. It's not primarily uh, an emotion, as Tina Turner says. But it's a commitment. We fall in love, but to remain married requires a commitment. God's love never fails. Now, here's the major problem. I'm not going to take long with it, but you need to understand it. In our world, we view marriage at best as a contract. I'll do this if you'll do that. But if you don't do that, I won't do that. I'm on to the next marriage. But the Bible never views that. Write this down. Marriage is a covenant and not a contract. A covenant is a vow between you and God that you will stay married. Malachi 2.14 says, Well, the Lord is acting as a witness between you and the wife of your youth because you've broken faith with her, though she is your partner, the wife of your marriage covenant. You see, we simply choose to love with God's love. Even in this church, From time to time, we'll have people that come in and they want to get married and they go through the premarital stuff. And of course, they meet with me first and then I give them to the other pastors. And they'll say in the conversation, well, we have a prenuptial agreement. And I have to say to them very kindly, I'm sorry, we don't marry anybody that has a prenuptial agreement. Why? Because what does a prenuptial agreement say? I don't expect this marriage to work. And when it doesn't work, I'm not going to get hurt. Well, forget it. God never does that. It's a covenant. It's a commitment between this man 
and this woman and God that no matter what, it will work. Now, some of you are saying, Pastor Mark, I'm to choose to love with God's love, but how do I get God's love? That's impossible. Well, not really. Next thing you want to write is this. Love is doable. God never asks us to do something without giving us the ability to do it. We don't do it on our own. Remember, marriage is a threesome. I was God in there. God and one man and one woman. So if God says it's a covenant, you're staying with your spouse permanently, let no man break you, then I'm going to need God. Well, where does that come from? Romans 5, 5. God has poured out his love. The word there is agape. Into our hearts by the Holy Spirit whom he's given us. So love is a verb. When I got to be a follower of Christ, God put within me his love. I can choose to love with his love. He gives me that ability. I die to myself and I make marriage not about me, but about my spouse and about God. And doesn't make her marriage about her, but about Andy and God. See, I'm always preferring the other person. God allows us to do that. Now, what makes this difficult is this next statement. Marriage is a lifetime commitment to an imperfect person. When you got married, you married an imperfect person. That will never change. Now, one of the things I have when I got married is, remember, we've been talking about the big eyes. I selfish, I boss. Here's one of ours that we like to use. I change you. (laughs) Now, I learned 30 years ago, 35 years ago, I couldn't change Linda. So I stopped trying to change her 35 years ago. Not This November, we'll be married 44 years. Guess who's still trying to change her? Me. How stupid am I? But don't look at me that way. Some of you have been married longer than me, and you're still trying to do it too. Why? Because I'm an imperfect person. In this marriage, this marriage will always be imperfect, but we have a perfect God. And that's what brings us hope. Now, if I have that attitude, a lifetime commitment, Understand that divorce is not an option. Murder, yes. (laughs) Little antifreeze in the glass, tasteless. Just to give you an idea, if some of you need that. Murder, yes, but divorce, no. Now, I'm joking. If divorce is not an option, then that simply means Andy and Ann are going to work at it. They're going to work very hard at it. Now, how long do they have to work at it? Forever. Why? Because they're both imperfect people. It never ends. But when you work hard at something, it's worth it. And that's where you and I are today, working hard with God and our spouse. In fact, Proverbs 16.3 says, commit to the Lord whatever you do and your plans will succeed. You cannot forget God 
If you're here today and God isn't part of your relationship, you just have this eros and you just have this kind of phileo friendship and God isn't there, then your marriage will never really be what it needs to be. Now turn with me to Genesis chapter 2, first book in the Bible. We've covered agape love. Now we're going to go to the second kind of intimacy. First was spiritual. The second is sexual intimacy. And the word is, it's identified right here in verse 25. Genesis 2, verse 25. And the man and the woman were both naked and they felt no shame. So God's word, the Greek word for love, sexual love, is eros. Now that raises a little bit of concern for some people. Because we get our English word erotic from that Greek word. And so early on, the church kind of came up with this idea that erotic and eros was bad. It was satanic. That's 100% wrong. I mean, do you think that Hugh Hefner designed sex? No, he perverted it. God designed sex. How do I know that? The man and the wife were both naked and there was no shame. What's the first command we have for the man and the wife? To have sexual intercourse and have children. Whose idea? God's. So as we begin to understand this, notice that, well, how would it have been back in the Garden of Eden when God brought Eve to Adam. What do you think that looked like? Well, Eve was excited. And I believe during that, all the next few months, here's what would happen quite often. As they're going down the river of life, Adam would lean over and say to Eve, let's pull the boat to the shore. (laughs) Eve knew what he meant, even though you don't. You know what he meant, don't you? And so over to the shore we go. And I bet there's a time or two that Ann snuck over and said to Andy, you remember when God first married us in the garden? We never even got in the boat. Oh, they were always on the shore. And on the shore in that room was a mirror on the wall. It was actually on the ceiling. Now, as you begin to think about this, this passion that God put within us, comes because he designed us as human beings with all the hormones and all the physical compatibility. It's arrows that really got you married. What attracted you was another individual. That passion was there. So I want you to understand today that spirituality and sexuality are intimately entwined by God. In Pastor Mark's teaching today, you learn what the Bible calls love. You learn that the English word love is inadequate when it comes to the Bible. You heard that in God's plan for the marriage relationship, that there's a sacrifice involved for both the husband and the wife. While these sacrifices can seem difficult, the benefit is to help make the marriage amazing. We know social media is a big part of everyone's lives, and it's a great way to stay connected with each other. We'd like to add a little bit of joy and Jesus to your Facebook and Twitter pages, so come like and follow us. 
you'll be able to keep up to date with all the latest information about Pastor Mark, the Ministry of Lessons for Living, and the church behind it, Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and follow the links to connect. That's LessonsForLivingRadio.com. In the next part of Pastor Mark's teaching, Enjoying Marriage on the River of Life, you'll learn about some of the differences between marriage when Adam and Eve were new and marriage now. You'll hear about some of the results of sin that you might not thought of. Pastor Mark will show you some ways that God is trying to heal the problems brought about by the fall of man. We wish we had more time today, but we will have to pick up where we left off next time as Pastor Mark continues teaching through this series called Enjoying Marriage on the River of Life. That's next time on Lessons for Living. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.